With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. The driver's seat. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Start the celebrations for McLaren. The driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome to another edition of The Driver's Seat. Uh, this seems to be a bit of a habit that I always seem to be stuck in some form of isolation because, yes, we're not live across the nation because it's one of us, hint, the Sri Lankan one, had to get coronavirus. So uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the program. My name is Nimsa Zord, joined, as always, by Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. And, boys... Well, how are you guys going? Well, we're healthy um, for a start, and Nimsy, we we do feel for you because this is this is your second round of COVID. How's it, how does it compare to your to your first round? I feel like if I compare it to the quadruple header at SMP, it makes it feel a little bit better. But no, no, all good. I'm up and about. I'm talking. I'm not in a hossy bed, which is always good. And uh, I'll be out in time to watch Winton on Saturday. So it's things are looking good. Also, before we actually do get to the uh, Bathurst 12 Hour, because I was just reminded, um, a big thank you to everyone on our Facebook page and our, all of our socials. A lot of people jumped on board to wish uh, me a speedy recovery. So I do thank you for that. And it does go to show. I said it to you boys earlier. Our audience is fantastic. We've built up a solid one for over six years, and uh, we, we it's literally the best audience yet in motorsport. So I did want to reiterate that. So thank you for that, all the guys and girls listening to the driver's seat, because you you did get involved when we asked your advice about the Bathurst 12-hour, mm. didn't you? Yeah, that, look, they were really good. I mean, I, we'll talk about the race in just a second. but um, and, and if you remember, cast your mind back, folks, to last week's show, I kind of said it was the Clayton's 12-hour, didn't I, Steve? That the, the 12-hour you're having, a, when you're not having a 12-hour. We knew that it was not going to be the spectacular show that it was in 2017, 2018, 2019, when there was 50-odd, you know, Division One cars, Stevie J, where there was, it was just an enormous global intake of GT racing on the mountain. We knew that it wasn't going to be as good, but... I, the general consensus from the feedback, which we'll get to Nimsy and Steve, is that it was it delivered more than what we thought. It was for the amount of cars, and you called it so you called it so right, Steve, that we're gonna start off with twenty. By practice two, we might have about eighteen. By qualifying we might have fifteen and we'll end the race with about eight. Well, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> um, but the race itself, I thought, for the minimal amount of cars that were there, I thought it was actually a pretty good race. It, it was a good race, but it was, I mean, we all knew that 
with what was there and, you know, the strategy that played out, I thought it could have been a much better race. You know, the Audis were fast. Um, they went down a lap fairly early in the piece. And because of the the minimum, minimal amount of cars, um, there wasn't many safety cars. You know, there wasn't many incidents. There wasn't many opportunities mm. for those cars that were off the lead lap to get back on the lead lap. Yeah. Um, Shane Van Gisberg and Brock Feeney um, and the Prince were able to do that after going down early uh, a lap. But, you know, the Audis made some fundamental errors in their, I think, in their um, their strategy. And just it was just one of those ones where at the end it was cool watching. Uh, basically, it was really only a two-horse race. SVG's yeah. car wasn't fast enough to compete. And, you know, he admitted that quite early on. So, uh, you know, to have those two cars, you know, running around, between seven and ten seconds apart for the last, I don't know, <laughs> two or three hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically doing qualifying laps was cool, but, you know, we just missed that wheel-to-wheel ding-dong battle, you yeah, know. but that was always going to be the case. Um, someone wrote on our Facebook, Nimsy, that um, how consistent all of the European drivers were. And yeah. I kind of, I jumped on Facebook and I said, yeah, but it's easy to be consistent when you're not racing against somebody, mm. when you're just actually laying laps down. You've got the whole mountain to yourself and away you go. So, uh, look, yeah, it could have been better, um, but I I think genuinely... They could have thrown a safety car late. <laughs> got the Audi, got the Audi back on the, la- yeah. the the lead lap. You know, the Audi was running faster than those three Mercs at the front by quite a considerable margin. Yeah, Whether he would have been able to get past them once he got to them would have been another story. Yep. We might have had another Matt Campbell-esque finish, you know what I mean? And... Uh, and that's what I was hoping for. But, um, you know, and you've got to remember those guys you know, talking about the Europeans, you know, they're, they're basically driving around in their 15-year-old lounge chair that they've sat in 15 years. They know those cars so well. Yep. They might not know the track as well as some of the Aussie drivers, but guys like Mara Engel, those guys, they've done that many. They've done Bathurst 1000s. Mm. They've done that mm. many 12-hour races. They're very experienced around there. So you can't really say that they're at a disadvantage anymore. What Mara did you make of the Chaz getting pole? With you, didn't he? Correct. Did you, yeah, Ma- uh, Mara did in the SP Tools. In the SP Tools, Mercedes. Mercedes-Benz. Aeros- Erebus Mercedes, yep. Um, what did you What did you make of Chaz getting pole? I thought it was great. What a lap. Yeah, it was a great lap, but I think what they ended up doing, um, I think there was a bit of uh, chest puffing out there between Chaz and Kelvin Vanderlinder yep. in the other Audi, in the same team Audi, but the other car. Um, I think they were given direct orders of what they needed to do or what they should be doing. And every time they went through, one went faster. Then the next one went faster. Then the next one went faster. Then the next one went faster. And so on to the point where they were that much faster than everybody else. They got a balance of performance adjustment Saturday night for Sunday for Sunday's back. race. <laughs> All right, fellas, you guys are too fast. We'll pull you back. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that one, that one was a little bit of a peeing contest between the two of them. Of I've, I've got a which I'm hurt him in the end. You, which hurt mm. him in the end, absolutely. Mm. But yeah, they yeah. were still they were still the fastest car in the race. I think Nimsy. One of the things I loved about it was the mountain. Given, remember, normally we do this race in February, and we're now May. February, yep. The mountain played its its part, didn't it? Um, the weather dark oh, early sure. started early. Was threatening all fog, day. Rain. Bit of fog, bit of rain. I mean, how good? That's exactly what you want in your Bathurst 1000 or your 12 hour. Um, we're not going to run it next year, Nimsy, in this time frame. They've, they've said straight away we're going to be back to our normal time slot yeah, in February. 
Um, and didn't it clash with a bunch of international GT rounds as well? Having it, it did. On there day? was certainly one in Manicor in France. And so, all the, you know, there was just someone, again, someone asked on our socials, Nimsy, you know, why did we have so few cars? Well, freight costs and scheduling and driver availability and all that kind of stuff just made it a very difficult proposition. Because it was on a different date as well. Yes. That's, oh, well, that's, that's right. what really killed it. That's what killed it, the, the, the rescheduling. But you had to have it because... We had to keep the momentum going of the 12 hour because it's just had such a great last few years up until COVID. Plus, we've You've missed got to keep, two. Exactly right. So, it, 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 if you keep it off for another year, it starts to lose relevance in the global scene. So, they had to do it. They had to run it. Great. There's part of me that I'm really happy that an international team won. I know it was sort of being run by Triple Eight, but, but, you know, Kenny Habul, who is an Aussie and does a lot of racing, Jules Ganon, who won it a couple of years ago with Mercedes. Uh, sorry, with Bentley. Bentley. Um, uh, back to back, actually, he went. That's right. So uh, there's an international team, in my eyes, their international team. They won. So I was really happy with that, that a local team didn't win. I know that sounds unpatriotic, but it needs to have that international flavour. Mm. They need to go back to France and all that and go, well, you know, we, we still won. We didn't, we didn't really have any locals in the car. I mean, as I say, Kenny Hubble, who owns a property in Mount Panorama, but lives in the United States. In fact, hadn't even seen the property, Steve. He's owned it for two years and hasn't even seen it. Um, but I just think, I think they had, they did what they had to do to keep the momentum of the race going. And then when we get into February next year, hopefully we'll have 50 cars back and it'll be the celebration that it, that it always was. But th- there was certainly um, one of our listeners wrote on social that the commentators at the Manny core round that it clashed with, we're all talking about the 12 hour and how amazing it is in Bathurst and the results and what a race it was and all that kind of stuff. So still a lot of international froth and bubble about the 12 hour. And uh, I know that Mercedes put in a huge corporate event up there as they, they always do. They had the safety car there and they had displays and all that sort of, all that sort of stuff. So they supported it really well. Um, I know you were there. You were doing your drive-through Johnson thing for Toyota Six. How was the vibe? How was the feel down there? Was the crowd? The crowd looked really good. Was it as good as it looked? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, th- it was, I think it was good, absolutely. And uh, but you were still walk through the pits, um, and it was you know quite empty. And um, but looking around, you know, the campground was quite full, which was very cool to see. Uh, a lot of people were down there, mm. you know, camping out, having a good time. Um, and, you know, across the other side of the front straight wasn't, you know, you know, I guess you'd expect it's not going to be as full as what we've seen it for past 12 hours. Mm. But, you know, I think for what it was and, you know, I think it was definitely above average and, um, you know, so it was uh, probably the best word for it would be solid. It was solid for the the weekend of, of what it was. I think, I think that's a pass mark. Yeah, because I, I yeah. expected I expected two te- two kangaroos and a blue healer on the top of the yeah, hill. Yeah, no, that was definitely more than that. That was that was actually was you know, quite a few heads. That, yeah. that but the problem with Bathurst is it's so big that you could probably have five or eight thousand <laughs> yeah. people, and it looks like you've got about twenty. <laughs> exactly. You know, so yeah, that's yeah. that's probably where it, it can be a little bit deceiving. We had so much response to the twelve hour when we posed the question. You know, what did you think of it? Like there was there's literally as. In the past 24 hours, there's been like 72 comments plus, mm. uh, which is which is just so much to get through. But two that sort of stood out to me, um, one was from Kim who said, I quite enjoyed it. I admit I didn't get up at 5 a.m. to watch the start, 
or stayed on the couch all day, but I had it on whilst doing stuff around the house and kept a close eye on it. I thought the telecast and commentary team did a great job keeping it interesting. And I found the interviews during the day with Kenny Habal quite entertaining. I was keen to watch till the end to see if Garth Tander was going to lose his voice completely or not. <laughs> and and she's dead set right. Um, I didn't get up at five o'clock in the morning to watch the start, Stevie J. There was no way I was going to do that. But um, one of the great things of KO, you can just sort of fast forward it as you go through and watch it. I thought, no, the... I don't think I'll get through this. It's <laughs> exactly what Garth was like at the end of it. Um, I, I think the one of the gold medal efforts has got to go to Richard Crail, Garth Tander and Matt Nulty because they called that race for 12 hours. And when you, it's hard enough to call like a 10 lap race with 30 cars in it, let alone, you know, a 12 hour race with 12 cars in it. <laughs> that they did a really solid job. And, and it's in those moments you see the real professionalism of them. I thought GT did a great job. You know, he knows what he's talking about. They had, yes, they brought up as many people into the box as they could to make it entertaining. Um, and so I'm a bit like Kim. I, I didn't watch the whole thing on the couch. I mean, once again, in Queensland, it was raining, so there was not much else I could do. Um, I, I just buzzed in and out and watched it for as long as I could and, and watched the finish. Which I, So I, for a solid effort, I thought, Nimsy. Very much so. And Zach even said... Was the field smaller? Yes. Was there less internationals? Yes. But I still think there was a fantastic endurance race held on Sunday. I think all the criticism aimed at the race is unjustified. I think people need to realise this was a unique 12-hour and that a unique 12-hour is better than no 12-hour at all. thought the race had plenty of stories throughout the day. thought it would have been great to see Vanderlind in the final stages taking on the Mercs. Audi only yep. have themselves to blame for losing that opportunity. Cannot wait for 2023 and a much larger international contingent. Well, that's what she said. Pretty much, you? exactly that's what it, I said. That's yeah. spot on. Yeah, yep. he, he's. It just would have been good to throw something else in the mix there. You know, unfortunately, Shane didn't have the pace. You know, he was ninety seconds off the lead mm. for the most of those last triple stint that he did. Um, Van der Linde was setting purples every lap, but was a lap and a half down. So um, it just got to the point where we needed that safety car. The Audi needed that lucky dog yep. to get back around. And then, you know, see where they raced after that. But, um, you know, he is right. You know, we got to understand that this is an interim 12-hour, really. Yep. This was a gap year, I guess you'd almost call it. Yep. And, um, you know, to hopefully get back to normal. Everyone can plan for next year now. Everyone can plan to have he- have their equipment, cars, staff. new cars, bills, staff, um, everything out in Australia uh, for the February race. Mm. Um, it won't be as dark for as long in the morning. You know, obviously the days will be longer in, in light. Um and that's another thing. You know, a lot of the guys were carrying on about the darkness at the start and how dangerous dangerous it was. And you know, it's a twelve-hour race. I mean, it, no, oh, it was none it, of the inter- did oh, you notice listen, it wasn't any of the internationals that were winning? Correct, because yeah. they do twenty-four hours at the Nurburgring, yeah. the world's most dangerous and challenging track. Yeah, and yet twenty-four the local hours a day. Twenty exactly, exactly right, a Rod. Welcome, a Rod, to the uh, yeah. to the broadcast this evening. Um, yeah, look, and, I, and I'm not. Taking away from it, yes, it would have been difficult. Bathurst, you know, over the top, apart from a couple of car park lights and things, that's yeah. all you've got. Yeah. You know, maybe they could do a couple of little things, like maybe put some little LEDs on the top of the concrete fences, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you can at least get your bearings. Um, a lot of the guys, talking to a lot of the guys, was actually quite funny, um, like uh, Reynolds um, and uh, Will Brown. Mm. Uh, they were backing off down the straight, trying to let each other past. 
because they didn't want to lead. They, want, they needed someone to sight <laughs> yeah, to right. be able to see the uh, the walls. So they're going slower and slower and slower, and none of them wanted to pass each other. It was quite, and quite yet, funny. And yet the Euros were absolutely buried to the firewall, yeah. throwing it down the road. Unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. So, Do you, uh, in one of the cars that's going to be here for next year or not, uh, the Theo Kundura Superbarn Audi, you reckon that'll make a comeback? <laughs> oh, everything's fixable. Boy, oh boy! I, I, look, if you if you haven't tested, seen it, tested the rev limiter well too, didn't it really? Uh, oh yeah! If you haven't seen it, jump on to Supercars, I think it is, or some, or even on YouTube, and type in uh, Superbarn accident at Bathurst. It was the carbon copy of my accident back in November. Yep. Um, and they just happened to have a camera sitting on the wall, a camera phone, which I don't think I think that's gone to God as well. Uh, I don't think that's around, but. That was a big hit, and 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 thank goodness he's okay. But yep. he didn't make it back for the race. Do you know the extent of inju- of his injuries or why what why he wasn't cleared? Yeah, hundred percent. I know why he wasn't cleared. He, if you listen to the video quite intently, yes, turn the volume up. Yep. After he's hit, mm-hmm. you'll hear the car screeching down the road, but you'll hear the thing on, on the, the level now. Yeah. out. Yeah. And that's because he was knocked out. There you go. He was knocked out, and so basically, it's the uh, the concussion rule. Of course. You're in the sin bin ace, and uh, and that's it. So um, <laughs> you're in the sin bin ace. Well, that's you what reckon they, that was that that's, was the doctor's. As soon so, as the doctor put his head in the window, apparently the he said, ace. "You're in the sin bin ace." <laughs> you're in the sin bin ace. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dr. all Reynolds, I can say is, all I exactly, all I can say, Nimsy and Maddie is, hello everybody. <laughs> lucky when he hit the fence, it tore the rear wheel out, and he had no drive shaft there because uh, he would have ended up, yeah, probably at Skyline, in, in about a hundred kilometres an hour faster than he normally would have. Yeah, right. So, wow. um, big lucky. accident, hey. And it shows you, it shows you. And he's good. Like I spoke to his brother, or Stevie Owen knows them quite well. Spoke, yes. to, spoke yeah. to his brother the next day, and he, he he's all okay. No dramas from from what I understand. Um, yeah, just obviously, luckily that car entered with four drivers in it, mm. so they were able to. Mm. D Rust did a great job. D Rust did a great job. Able yeah. to not have to uh, run Theo. I think it was Theo. Yeah, it was Theo. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and the rest of the three boys could um, could run um, as a as a three driver team. Yeah. Shows you Nimsy that part of the track there. Um, when you hit it hard, it's uh, it's a car breaker and a human breaker. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I wondered why the, um, I wondered why the car went up on the rev limiter. I wondered if you'd been knocked out. So that, that car's not going to be in the Team Johnson workshop uh, being put together by Jet, is it, uh, Steve? Uh, no, not that one. <laughs> not that one. He's too he's too busy with the two too McKeldon busy doing cars. a McKeldon car at the moment. Or two. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if the yeah well, I'm having a drama with both of them actually. I wonder if the Trans Am gearbox will fit into the MX5, Matty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was our Bathurst 12-hour wrap-up. we got a lot to get through here on the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Remember, you can rev up your smartphone with the driver's seat app it's available in the App Store. And this weekend is the Pizza Hut Winton Super Sprint. And we return to Winton for the first time since 2019. And uh, we're going to be having three 36-lap sprint races, one on Saturday and two on Sunday. A couple of milestones here too, guys. Erebus mm. and Team 18 will both be making their 300th championship race starts in race two of the weekend. Both debuted at the 2013 Adelaide 500. Erebus is the three-car Mercedes-AMG squad and team 18 operating as the fourth tickford car uh, then of course called fpr now 
There's a couple more records too, because the Shell V Power Racing team is poised to become the second team to record 300 podium finishes across its Australian Touring Car Championship and Supercars Championship history. 17 of those uh, belong to you too, Stephen, by the way. Oh, thank you very much, Daniel. <laughs> what is it with you and 17? What do I? It's a weird number for you and 17. Yeah, no, it's just bizarre, isn't it? I yeah. don't know where it come from. Yeah, 17 seasons, mm. 17 races here. Mm. Wow. So it's, it's just it's serendipity, do, that's do, what do, it is. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> now this this is the stat that I wanted to bring up to you boys because Ford has been the dominant market winters ever since Car of the Future began in 2013. Nine out of the 17 races held, including the three most recent across 2018 and 2019, Fords have also taken the last seven straight armor pole positions at Winton, and ten out of the last eleven, we've seen that. Well, there hasn't really been a year for Ford uh, in the championship with uh, SVG and Chaz basically taking all the spoils for uh, the red side of the fence. Do you reckon Ford can fight back at Winton this time around or we're going to be seeing more of the same? It's going to be hard, I think. I mean, you know, even though, you know, Shane's just in one of those mentalities, you know, that, He's invincible, you know what I mean? And, and when you get that much confidence and you've got a team that's, you know, got a car that, <clears throat> pardon me, I believe is so good, um, it is going to be difficult. So it's it, – and, and don't forget that it's a track that they don't normally test at, having Brock Feeney in their team, mm. being a rookie, they were able to do a rookie test day down there recently yep. to get a bit more info on what they need. And, um, you know, Brock's – and, you know, you know that those cars are good. You see – how Shane can just turn up the, the wick at will um, yep. and, and go quicker. But um, when you get a, a young guy like Brock Feeney, who I think is super talented and is going to be a future champion, to come in and I think everyone expected Brock, yeah, you know, maybe just inside the top 10, just outside the top 10 on occasions, all that sort of thing. Mm. But he's come in and he's top five. He's Absolutely. solid top five. Yeah, yeah. And as I said, I'm not taking anything away from Brock's talent. I think he's very talented. But to have a rookie come in and be as solid as he has been from the start, podiums already, I think goes to show how good those cars are. Can I be controversial? Of course. That's what you're here for, Matty. That's what you do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind pulling the controversial grenade down. I'm going to ask you, Stevie J, being the, the experienced racing driver that you are, not going to ask. I'm going to make a statement. I don't necessarily think Shane Van Gisbergen right now is as good as what everyone thinks he is. Well, that in is the controversial. Car. This is controversial. Oh. I know. I might. Like, this place could get burned to the ground for this one. What I think he is outstanding at, and what I think he's done, he has got everyone brain stuffed. He's done some things where he is he has done some great things in the car. But right now, when any when when Shane gets near anyone, they half jump out of the way. I just think he has got the majority of the field absolutely smashed mentally because he's done some aggressive bits and pieces. And because it looks like he's got the car on a string, I reckon it's exacerbated now because I reckon it makes him look so good, but I actually reckon that Half the field jump out of his way. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem wrong? that way. I am don't, I wrong? I don't think that. I think you're wrong in saying that he is an exceptional at the moment. You know, I think he is, and I think he's just getting better, and he's just coming in to his prime in his age and and, and so forth. Um, but I do think, in a way, some of the people he he has got. Um, I guess got a mentally bamboozled. weak, yeah. right? Yeah. In a way, yeah. others I don't think so. You know, like Cam Waters, I don't think so. I don't mm-hmm. think Anton mm-hmm. um, worries about that sort of stuff. He doesn't worry about too much, really. He just gets on with it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, he's you know people were being critical of him um, in Perth when Shane passed him in race one at turn one, mm. but it was only because of the aggressive blocking that he was doing that he literally ran in two meters too deep and and went three quarters of a car too wide and Shane was able to get up the inside. You know what I mean? So um, I don't, you know, I think that most of the guys up the front, which I I understand they're, they're not, they're racing to win, but they're not racing to win desperately. Mm. And I think the difference between what we're seeing at the moment and when Scotty Mack was here and Mm -hmm. when Ambrose was here Mm -hmm. racing, um, I think you saw guys that were winning, but guys that were desperate to just win, mm. not just put a championship together. And you know what I mean? And I think that, you know, you're coming second, third, fourth in the championship. You're too scared to, you know, have a DNF with Shane Van Gisbergen because it's going to ruin your championship. Probably not going to ruin his. No. But it's going to ruin yours in a way. So and he comes across- I sort of get it. He comes across in interviews and everything that he does with almost a, I don't care, an attitude, an, an I don't care attitude, not in regards to throwing it off the road, but, but you know, was that pass fair? Was that bump fair? I don't care. Yeah. You get in my way, I'm just going to bump you out of the way. And so when you're a Bryce Fullwood, when you're a Heimgartner, when you're a Percat, when you're whatever, and he comes roaring through the back of the field or through the field or whatever – there's just you know what it's like when you're in the car. I, I'm like that with Nathan Hearn when I race against Nathan Hearn or when I raced against Ryle Harris. I know that if I try and throw a block or if I leave just a smidge amount of room, they're going to stuff it down the inside and fairly knock me off the road. Do it fairly, but they're going to knock me off the road. So more often than not, open to uh, totally open to admit it with someone like Nathan Hearn. I just get out of their way. Mm. I just get out of their way. And there's part of me right now that feels. Because because everyone in the media, we're all talking about um, Shane Van Gisbergen, he's unbelievable, top of his game, all that kind of stuff. I just reckon he's got three quarters of the field bluffed. Yeah. I just do. He is exceptional. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. that. He is he is clearly exceptional. Just to say that he's not would be stupid. So he's clearly exceptional. I just think mentally he's got it over anybody else in the field. Yeah, but also you gotta you gotta race smart too, you know, and you're Bryce forward and Shane's coming from behind you because he's had a bad qualifying or whatever. Mm. Uh, he's on a different strategy, mm. whatever it might be. Um, there's a time and a place where you need to block for your life. Sure. And there's a time and a place where you probably should just l- let them through, lose minimal time mm. and press on, you know, because you block someone for your life for three or four laps. Well, Shane will have you in the wall, you know, or in the infield or, or if you hold him up for too long, mm. um, you're holding yourself up for too long, and all of a sudden, instead of doing 56-second lap times, you're doing 57 and a half, yep. 
or 58s the over four laps, catching. all of a sudden you've lost eight seconds on the road, mm. you know, and that makes a massive difference to your pit strategy later where mm. instead of being in front of those six cars that are coming out of the pits, you're going to be four seconds behind them. You know what I mean? So there, there's a, you know, there's a time where you've just got to surrender and go, there's no point in me even blocking him, you know, when I'm in P14. Mm. He's going to end up getting up to P5. I'm probably haven't got the car speed for it. Mm. Let's just let him through, follow him as long as I can and maybe try to gain an advantage from that. But when you're getting up into the top five, absolutely, you should be blocking for your life. You know, it doesn't matter what sort of time you're losing, yep. especially after the pit stops. Because Winton will show it this weekend, a little bit like it did in Perth. It's a tight racetrack, right? I think your father described it as running a marathon around your washing line. Your clothesline. Your heels hoist. Your heels hoist. If you're an Aussie, your heels yeah. hoist, right? Um, so it, it's a place where um, there's lots of corners to be aggressive with. And I'm going to be watching this weekend. I'm going to be watching to see who genuinely races Shane Van Gisbergen into corners or out of corners and who just flies, you know, throws the white flag mm. and just goes, mate, you, you're too good. See you later. I'm out of here. It, it it's going to be, be really a very interesting. interesting. It'll be a very interesting round because uh, Winton is a bogey track for Red Bull and Paul Racing. Mm. And um, the, 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 the... Brad Jones will be quick there. Well, not him personally, but his cars <laughs> should be. Andre, think so. I think Andre will be quick. You'd think so. You know, it's their home track. They do a lot of testing. Lady there. one races, one yeah. races there in a BJR car. Yeah. You know, like that. It's that kind of circuit, isn't it? Like it's yep. a, it's the sort yep. of circuit where it can throw up an anomaly. It can. BJR have been strong there. So that's the right. So um, uh, when they're not taking each other out, <laughs> WAU uh, as well. So there are a lot of home teams there, Nimsy. Um, as I said to you right from the start, whoever the genius was that thought we'll just schedule Winton in winter. Like, thanks for that. Good on you. Appreciate that. Uh, 36-lap race, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. We're going to quickly rip through the off-the-track update and we'll get through some loose ends here on the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. And now, it's the driver's seat off-the-track update. Thanks to Burson Auto Parts. Burson, we know auto parts. Certainly do. We do it thanks to Burson Auto Parts. They're known for first-class knowledge and service. Big news coming out of last week was Matt Stone Racing officially committed to Camaro in 2023. Oh, look, I think I certainly do not speak on behalf of Matt Stone Racing. However, if I'm the PR guy of Matt Stone Racing, if, if it were me, if it were Matt McKeldon, I'd be looking back on the, on the PR release that they put out post-Ford publicly coming out and saying, we want quality, not quantity. And the knowledge out there that Matt Stone did certainly approach, Matt Stone Racing certainly did approach Ford and got knocked back. They then released a press release that was a bit like... Which wasn't, um, what do you call it? It wasn't announced as such, Matty. Like that, no. Yes, that, it's, it's known that they have done that, but yeah. they're not like announcing we're going to go and approach Ford. So that then... No, so then they 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 came out and said, well, you know, Chevrolet's better anyway for us. I don't like We kind of don't want Ford anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like, you know, when you get dumped by somebody and we've all been dumped in our lives and you go, oh, I, you know, I, I didn't want her anyway. You know, like I, I don't think that necessarily needed to happen and all it did was make them look like the... Jilted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, Disgruntled, nose out of joint. Sometimes you don't give oxygen to any fire. Um, sometimes you just have to let the fire burn its way out overnight. Mm -hmm. And 
And I, yeah, so I, I, my personal opinion, and I love the guys at Matt Stone Racing. They're, they're all great guys. And Matt, last year, if you remember, Nimsy was the only one who was honest enough to give us an answer on Gen 3. Uh, yep. He was fantastic, right? So we love him and we respect him. We love the team. We love what they're doing. But I just think on this instance, I don't think the PR was handled particularly well with that one. Um, they're going with Chevrolet. In fact, Stevie J, would I be right in thinking that the temperature really has always been of the crowd that they were always going to stay holding. I don't think there was even a thought that they would come across to Ford. I think I it's the stone link though, that the, yeah. that the fans really wanted to see stones back with blue oval kind of thing. Yeah, but that's the fans, Nimsy. The reality is no one at Matt Stone Racing, including Ross and Jimmy Stone, ever, ever, ever talk back on their heritage or hark back on their heritage or or, or use it in marketing, you know, the next iteration of Stones or anything. They never do it. Mm. So yeah. I, I get that the fan base gets nostalgic about the old days with Stone Brothers and Ford, but Matt Stone Racing is not the Stone Brothers. It's just not. That's like saying Team Johnson, your team, your family team, yours and Breeze and, and Jets, is DJR. It's, it's just not. Mm. You share, share the name, I get it, yep. but... It's it's not yeah so I I don't know I just think it was uh, I think you're right in what you say Steve just be quiet let that one go yeah. to the keeper don't be the jilted lover no yeah. one don't be that guy no no one likes that guy no, no, <laughs> no, no, no one likes that guy don't be that guy. but 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 also what he was saying Nimsy too just I know we got to wrap this up but quickly was you know that they're going to get more support proper support from the the factory team which is triple eight um. How's that working out for Team 18? How's that working out for teams yeah. that are, are, are currently under really the same umbrella? You know, you we, never, ever, ever you never get the, get the same thing. The yeah. only time that the other team got the same stuff is when the other team had the driver that they were going to get in a few years' time, and that was Shane Van Giersbergen at Webbs at Techno. Techno. Yeah, I agree. Well, that wraps up the off-the-track update. We do it thanks to Burson Auto Parts. They're known for first-class knowledge and service person they know auto parts back with more to wrap it all up next on the driver's seat this is the driver's seat for Kubota for over 40 years we've been making tomorrow matter shaping and building Australia together welcome back to the driver's seat we do it thanks to Kubota for over 40 years we've been making tomorrow matter shaping and building Australia together let's quickly touch on some IndyCar results because willpower is now the IndyCar leader as we head towards the Indianapolis 500 which is on the 29th. So uh, Scotty Mack had a real chance to win this race, but I don't want to say he balls it up because the conditions were pretty hectic out there. <laughs> no, uh... no, no, Nimsy, that's fair. He balls it up. <laughs> Under safety car. There's one thing you do as a race driver. It's okay to if you go off in inclement weather when you're at full racing pace, Stevie J. The one thing you don't want to do is go off under safety car. And poor old Scotty Mack went off under safety car. Super difficult race, inclement weather, changing weather, slicks, um, wet tyres, uh, red sidewall, black sidewall. It was just a crazy race. In fact, it was one of the races, Stevie J, why I reckon IndyCar is the best open wheel category mm -hmm. in the world. It was sensational. It was so good. And it was it was great to see. I know, you know, it's very easy to sit in the grandstand or sit on the on your lounge and go, why didn't you pit? You know what I mean? It could have turned around. He was leading the race. It could have turned around and stopped raining. You know, it's 50-50. But, you know, what a, what a great effort by uh, Will Power to be, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a changed man this year. He's, he? a, he's yeah. very, 
Consistent, very patient, very yeah. calm. He's not the angry. Ant. He's not walking down pit lane, giving the the, the bird to yeah. the no crazy to the control power. tower. Ooh. So it's awesome. So you know, I'm loving the the Will Power Scotty Mac uh, up the front this year, and I can't wait for the with a for bit, the big one with in a May. Touch of Newgarten thrown in. There. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's good. Uh, it was also uh, Colton Herter. Uh, there's our ding. Um, we got to wrap this up very quickly. But, uh, yeah, uh, Scott McLaughlin, though, still remains third in the points heading to the Indy 500 on the 29th of May. And you got to say, for a – what's the second season called? Because you got your rookie season, sophomore season, is that so, it? Uh, sophomore? Sophomore? Yep. Or sophomore, yeah. yeah. Sophomore, junior, senior. So maybe junior. I, I'm pretty sure that even he wouldn't have expected to be this far in mm. – f- in the points no. as he is. No, so. I think you're right, and he's doing very well, and that's why they're protecting him so much and not bringing him back to supercar land for the 1,000 because he's in a fine he's in fine form and he's getting his head around how to drive these mm-hmm. things, and you don't want to interrupt it from a style-wise or a, or a, a momentum-wise, and I think that's a very good decision. So I'm loving IndyCar this year. Sensational. Yeah, uh, part of the wonderful Stan Motorsport package. So make sure you get that. But uh, that is it for this week's edition of The Driver's Seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. Uh, together, we are shaping and building Australia. Big round of applause, though, to our man A-Rod on the buttons. Yes, well done, okay. A-Rod. Thank you, mate. Thanks for yeah, so well. in. He's done As very we'll... well. You've done great. That's it for us. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs> Not tomorrow. We will see you next week on no. The Driver's Seat. Hmm. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.